Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Indie Film Review, where me, Dan, and my buddy, Jared, say hi, Jared. Hello. We like to review independent films. But first, Jared, are you ready for a rousing game of truth or death? Well, I guess I could truth or death. do truth, since I don't want to die. Um, this is something that's really been weighing heavily on me, and I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you this until the third act, but... I have a crush on Ryan Bright, but I didn't have the nerve to say it. Jared. Like, he probably doesn't even know I'm alive. He probably doesn't. You're right. Like, what do I do? Well, you can talk to him. You can go confess your love to him. Mm, I could, but I could just ask you about truth or death. Dad, what do you choose? Truth. Jared, (laughs) I also have a crush on Ryan Bright. What? And I have not confessed my love to him yet. So we should have a foot race <laughs> to see who can get to his house first. Classic foot race. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, yep. So this the show is not this. Truth or death. So we watched uh, Madison Baker was here. Madison Baker. Uh, Madison Baker! Uh, submitted to us by Matt Gray, who I believe is the writer and director of the film. So thank you, Matt, for uh, sending this to us. We appreciate you. And uh, we go we go review this film. No short film we for today, Dan. We go review this film. No short film. Yeah, long boys only. You know what I mean? <laughs> long boys only. Gotta yeah. get my long johns out of the closet. Put them on. Anywho, Madison Baker was here, um, is about a group of teenage girls and their night on the town. Essentially, there's this girl named Madison Baker. She, she, um, is about to leave her town for the town of Wichita because her dad has switched jobs and he has to take his girls with him. He has to. It's court mandated. Yes, court. Well, I mean, you can't just leave a 14 year old girl (laughs) back behind. Anyway, so he 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 is saying that he has they're going to move and it's her last her last night in this town mm-hmm. in California somewhere. And one of her friends convinces her to have a all-nighter essentially and they stay out all mm-hmm. night and antics ensue as, you know, 14-year-old girls would have. All right, perfect. So, let's jump right into questions. Dan, Dan, why don't you give me a question? Because of course. I give a question first, and I don't want to. Jared, how did you feel about the chemistry between the actors that were acting in this wonderful film? Ah, well, there's like kids, young kids doing this. Um, Child actors, yes. Yeah. Chactors. Chacting, yes. A lot of chacting going on here. And I will say, the chemistry was good. I liked it between a lot of the characters. I think with a lot of independent films that we watch... It seems like it gets stronger as you watch the film and mm-hmm. like you're kind of following with the characters. And for child actors, I think everybody did a good job. And it was it was kind of nice watching them throughout the film because a lot of these actors, it was their first time being in a film. Mm-hmm. So a lot of first timers. And it was kind of fun because you are seeing them get better at acting as the movie progressed. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. And... Well, so like by the time the film was over, like they were killing it. It definitely, I think it started picking up uh, acting wise when they got, uh, I would say past like the first uh, car 
uh, Uber scene, you mm-hmm. know, and they, they kind of started running away. Like after that, they started having heart to hearts. Yeah, like, the, those got really the heart to hearts that definitely improved the chemistry. Um, I mean, not not to say that it wasn't there at the beginning, but mm-hmm. as the film goes on, I, I don't know. I just started to um, identify is not the right word. I started to you started to identify as a fourteen year old girl. No, I get it. <laughs> I started to appreciate the relationships a lot more as the night went on. Yeah. Yes. Now my question to you is: Do you think any of the backstories for the girls did all of us hit home for you, or did any of them feel out of place? There was one that felt out of place. It was I forgot what her name was the the nerdy one, the one that's always yes, running to research. That's Nina. Nina. Yeah, I. A hundred percent agree with that, and we'll we'll talk about it during spoilers. But her her heart to heart really felt like out of left field, and I almost think that there didn't really need to be a heart to heart with each, like with uh, Madison and each character. Each no, other because it felt character. like it was her and the blonde. What's the other one's name? What are the Cass. names? So we have Cass is the blonde girl who is like the best friend of Madison. Then there's Nina, the nerdy one. And then there's Blair, who's the blonde girl who likes to videotape everything on, put it on like the Insta Spotify Gram Twitters. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you have your supporting cast, but you don't necessarily need to focus on them that much. Like maybe they could have one or two lines where you're like, oh, okay, this character is more than what they seem. They're not one note, but it was a little jarring to me to have like each character like they get separated and they're like they're gonna, we're gonna have our heart to heart now and uh i, I don't know i feel like well, that could just, have been handled it, like what happened in that way is you could see the formula like the formula yes. came out and mm-hmm. typically whenever you're you know writing a narrative you don't necessarily want to feel a formula you want it to feel more organic so there was a couple heart to hearts that felt you know okay but the more that they did it as as time went on the more i'm like okay i'm i'm agreeing with you you know, maybe we could have just focused on the relation because you have four girls and you could tell very much that uh, Cass and Madison, they're the ones that are, yes, are friends mm-hmm. the most. And the other ones are somewhat auxiliary, somewhat friendly. Just tagging along. Yeah. Yeah. So if they had played up that dynamic more, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. actually brought in the complexities of like, even though we're hanging out all together, you're still my bestie. You know what I mean? Like, like thinking about things like that. Yeah, for sure. Dan, how did you feel about the cinematography and the, oh, uh, the uh, directing? Is beautiful. The cinema, like I was floored by how beautiful some of these shots were. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of really cool, I guess they would be drone shots. There were a lot of really good wide shots, a lot of good tracking shots. Like everything about cinematography was just keeping me engaged. I think if anything, because the narrative wasn't necessarily my cup of tea because it was a coming of age story for little girls, basically. Yes, we are not the target audience for this, but I can also appreciate that a younger audience would like this. Absolutely. Way more. But and I think it, it hits it out of the park in that respect. The cinematography, like you wouldn't expect this kind of cinematography from this kind of film, I think. Yeah, and this is his, I think he did a short film and then this film. Nice. This is his first, uh, first Longo, Pongo, and wow, hit it out of the park. I think the lighting is also something I really enjoyed in this movie. Because a lot of it is at night, yes, and it's hard to achieve proper lighting at night because you need to have that in order to be picked up by the camera. And I wear my sunglasses at night, and I also wear wore them when so you can so you uh, can. watching this film. So yeah, so the lighting was a little off. Oh, 
Just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, uh, Jordan Dan's classic goofs, uh, uh, classic IFR goof. I hope Don't you enjoyed it. Don't mess around with the guy in shed. Oh no. So I, I will say there was one scene where, because the camera is being so dynamic, it was, it was moving around. It was the scene where they're on a bridge, mm. and and the two girls are having a heart to heart. I think it's one of the first heart to hearts between uh, Nina and Cass. And I loved the lighting. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But sometimes when they'd cut to different angles, the lighting was completely different. And I get why, because he's just trying to set up the lighting to give like the best shot possible and make it look nice, but it wasn't consistent. Um, this is a very minor complaint because I'd rather have good lighting than consistent lighting. Uh, but that's all I would say about that. Uh, Dan, do you have a question for me? Yes, Jared. Um, in the narrative, <laughs> mm -hmm. did anything trigger you? Oh. Like, or let, let's just say like, made you feel uncomfortable or like flew threw up a red flag yes uh <laughs> the weird hobo guy with the mannequin freaked me out re uh, really bad and we never addressed that again um yeah how about girls getting into a stranger's car dan in order for me to fully answer this question i think we need to go into spoilers let's move into spoilers now Guys, uh, if you want to see Madison Baker was here, I'm not sure where you can watch it because we got a Vimeo screener because we're better than you. Okay, hold on. So I, I think it's still doing uh, the film circuit scene. I don't think it's been released yet. Maybe we can do a tag team with Matt Gray. We'll release this episode and say, hey, Matt, you tell him where it is. Yeah, release the Matt Gray cut. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to say, release the... And the Matt Gray cut is just the film that he made. Isn't that fun? I like to have fun here. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. I'm so hip. I know what kids... I know, I'm on the pulse of cinematic news. Bet. Dan. <laughs> Anyways, so we're in spoilers now. Dan, you had asked me, like, what, what scenes made me uncomfortable. So we had that, the weird mannequin guy that they run into. Let's, ta that let's was talk about the weird mannequin guy. Okay, let's, let's, let's slow do this it. down. Sure. They have since, we're, we're going out of chronological order. So they have since been everywhere and they are yeah. in the middle of a park. Somewhere like that, right? So, like, the big goal of the of the girls now is they're going to confess. Uh, Madison wants to confess her love to uh that boy we we made fun of earlier uh ryan bright because there's a scene where that literal scene plays out where she's like oh i have a crush on him and they're like oh we have to go tell him before you leave so this is under the guise of that she is going to be moving she should get her name out there uh there was also a scene where she wants to be remembered by everyone and uh there's a, there's a whole theme of like you know living without any regrets and stuff like that and, and wanting to be remembered so she tags a wall at a bathroom park with Madison Baker was here, which is I genius. I thought that was at the school. Was it at, oh, I'm sorry, at the yeah. school. Um, and she does this, and it's like, it's such a perfect, like, 14-year-old crime mm -hmm. where you're just not thinking it through. It's like exactly what a 14-year-old would tag, like, I'm going to write my full name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Followed my, my social security number. They'll never find me. It was perfect. It was so perfect. So then the cops show up, and then they leave. Uh, and that's all the context you need to know. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, so that's all I wanted to get out. They are in a park or somewhere, and they are confronted by a homeless person yeah. of sorts. And he's holding... A homeless individual. He's holding 
half, the upper half of a mannequin, the torso of a mannequin. And he asks them a question. Jared, what does he ask them? I think like, do you want to be my friend or something? I don't remember. All I remember is it was disturbing because after they say, no, we have to leave. He just laughs at them over and over and over again. And just the image of this, this man (laughs) late at night. With the fucking, like, what is going, okay, Matt, have you been plagued by nightmares before? <laughs> because it was really interesting. It was, it was definitely not anything I would have expected from this film. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it took a dark turn. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of into it, though. That I was, was into it, crazy. but I'm like, oh my god, what is, like, because it, it felt like this fucking weird Lynchian thing that just came out of nowhere. yeah. Now, if he would have said, like, I'm already in your house or something, or, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, know, right? I'm standing right behind you. when he's Or right if he talks him. through the mannequin, like, the mannequin talks yes. for him. Yes. Absolutely. Let's do a pin. Let's do a pin movie scenario. Uh, classic horror film. Anyways, so then we have Otis, who's also kind of given off that, like, but he was a red herring. And I already knew he was a red herring. Because he, he's like a kooky character. He's got like a chicken in his car. He's got an iguana. There's like a... Uh, a bearded dragon. L- Thank you. Yeah, a bearded dragon. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for the correction. Because if we didn't correct it now, we would have gotten 50 emails of people correcting us. From the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 from bearded dragons. Then there's like a dude living back there, which I thought that was a funny escalation. So every time they get into the car, there's a new animal that they run into. And the last one is the most dangerous animal of all. Men. But I didn't buy for a second that Otis was evil because he's having a conversation with someone on the phone saying, oh, hey, I got four fresh ones here. And, you know, one of them's a little bruised up, but I think you're going to enjoy them all. And the girls think that, that he's talking about them and they're being kidnapped, which is not happening. Uh, it's, it's about he has eggs because he has a, a chicken in the car. That's a classic red herring. And I, I feel like it worked in this film because like how dark and bizarre would it be if the film's name was madison baker was here and it turned out that like they narrowly escaped a murderer <laughs> it's like, well, i mean yeah, yeah, what yeah. that's what the homeless guy was what am i talking about <laughs> yeah uh from now on if we refer to otis he will be known as uh tortured otis okay because that is no he's the virtuous tortured otis because he is a saint he has the patience of a saint. He does. <laughs> and he gets pepper sprayed in this movie in the face by these girls and still gives them a ride. They harass him constantly. They jump in front of his car. They, uh, he, he aids them in escaping the police. Yeah. He's a few, he's harboring fugitives. He's not an Uber driver. He's driving them around for free. And the big reveal, Dan, as you will may know, is... He's just some dude who likes to drive his animals around and he owns a pet store. And I'm like, I want to know about Otis's life. Like, do the spinoff <laughs> about Otis and him bringing eggs to some teacher. Like, there was one throwaway line. Like, he was like, oh, I was at the school because I like to bring eggs uh, early in the morning to uh, this teacher that I like. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see the dating thing between him and this lady. Like, yeah. let's go. So I, here's an idea. Just don't. Yeah. Don't poo-poo it. Just. Take it for consideration. Right. A sequel. Madison Baker is here, colon, mm-hmm. the Otis Spunkmeyer story. <gasps> I think that's his last name. Yes. Or I'm thinking of cookies. I'm thinking of cookies. Oh, I don't know. Otis I don't Spunkmeyer, know if they ever yeah. said his last name. Spunkmeyer? Is that a cookie? <laughs> yeah, it's a brand of cookies. 
whatever. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, like Otis was that he's where a lot of the comedy was. I, I, you know, he 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 served his purpose as a red herring, but. The important part is these girls and their heart to heart. So let's talk about the relationships that we have. First of all, they're all sitting around at school because where are you going to go? I guess <laughs> let's play hooky at night and sneak out, but we're going to go to school. So they're sitting in the school patio area and they're drinking vodka because <gasps> Cass's parents, Jared, they own a bar. Own a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun joke in the film yeah. as well. You know, this film actually made me laugh. Yes, me too. I mean, I wasn't short. It wasn't a chortle a minute, but there were there were a few laughs in this movie. I thought the Nina character when she got drunk was particularly very funny. Absolutely. Uh, but go ahead. Well, I mean, just a fourteen year old being able to act drunk. Have you been drunk before? Yeah, you fucking, you fucking delinquents. Exactly. Anyway, so Cass brings a bottle of vodka. They all drink. Um, I okay. I like the way I like I like the way this pans out. So she gives some. She pours some out. She's like, I'm gonna drink some. And then Blair's like, Yeah, I'll do it just for the views, basically. Mm-hmm. And the Madison's like, I don't want to. She's like, And none for Nina because Nina's no fun. And then Madison ends up taking a swig and she's like, oh, this is disgusting, blah, blah. And then they have this conversation that is between Blair, um, Madison and Cass and Nina's not part of it. And as soon as we cut back to Nina, we find that she has drank the whole bottle. <laughs> great, great cut too, as well. Wonderful and cut it- too. I mean, we could have turned this movie into something completely different if she just did that slow turn and now she was a Zambo, like a vodka Zambo. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, dude, now we got vodka Zambos. And then that really could have uh, just driven the film straight into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like that reveal because I, I didn't expect Submit it. your film oh, to the awesome. Indie Film Review. We will review it and drive it straight into the ground. Straight into the ground. <laughs> All right, great film, but what if there were Zambos? All right. Let's, Jared, let's, I don't let's think anybody knows what this. Zambos are besides us. They're just zombies, but like fun. I know. <laughs> but you're saying it like nonchalantly as if we're all supposed to know. All right, never mind. I digress. You digress. Dan, how did you feel about the music in this movie? I liked it. Um, just everything craft wise in this film for being a first film or like, you know, a graduation from a short film, there's no way in fuck I could do this. A completely original score. I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. Like there's just, it's everything about the film, the music, the cinematography, the editing. Oh my God. The editing. Editing is, is so difficult to do. Editing is so tied to the narrative in order to be a good editor. You have to have a good story. And you have to know how the story is being told. So I feel like the editing really serviced the narrative and it really drove it along. Um, What were you saying about the camera? I was cutting you off. Oh, I I just wanted to say, so there are certain scenes where uh, I think due to the budgetary limitations of this film and like you can't get like a ton of crazy location shots. I think this film was made around for around like five grand uh, is the estimation on IMDb. Dude, I want to know what camera he used. Like... If right? it was a red, if it was an Ari, like I'm assuming it's digital. So you have uh, certain scenes that I feel like go on for a little too long, mm. but the editing is was such that it's keeping me interested in the scene anyways, because of all the dynamic cutting and stuff. So I feel like 
some scenes did go on too long just because like this is the location shot like we can't like get up and walk around at this school because one it's nighttime mm -hmm. and two like they might not be able to film in certain places you know like so there's a lot of limitations that they're working around so i was able to be more forgiving of certain scenes that i felt like okay they probably took a lot of time to set this shot up we're gonna have to use it as much as we can and we're just going to do a lot of interesting cuts. And I think in that respect, uh, Matt did a great job. And uh, I think it really worked. It really paid off. Like, this is a great, fun, like, coming-of-age adventure indie. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he hit it out of the park in that rust spooked. You keep saying hit it out of the park. Like, it's... I do. I say that a lot. No, I'm just... the Today, that's the third time you've said it. It's like, damn, how many home runs podcast? does this guy get? Uh, well... <laughs> I mean, I don't. I've never seen a game of baseball. He in my took life, a victory so just, lap. Let's let's say that. Okay. <laughs> let's let's do he, more sporty. Uh, he he scored <laughs> a touchdown with this one. He did a bunt, and every single player on the opposing team could not pick up the ball, and he <laughs> ran to home base. Yes, ran to home base. Sporting analogies. I know about sports. He threw uh, a curveball. I will say about the music, though. I think sometimes the music was uh, distracting me from the scene that was happening where I wanted, especially during the heart to hearts, where it's like, I wanted to focus more on what the characters were saying. And I'm, I was watching with headphones on, so maybe that was my issue. Mm. But it just felt like the music was so pronounced uh, that I, 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 no, I mean, was that, taken that away if, from the scene. With headphones or with like a good stereo system, you will, you'll run into that problem sometimes where like the sound mix, sound mixing is so difficult sometimes yeah especially whenever you're working with dialogue and music and you want to know what levels they should be and if you're going to adjust the levels like in a certain area because if you like let's say there there's a score playing and the score overshadows the the dialogue the then, score like in baseball like when one team has a score higher than the other yes like a, like a baseball game? yes like that okay i understand now because it's baseball go ahead <laughs> I can only learn through baseball analogies. Baseball. Jesus Christ. All right. We're having fun here today. We're having fun. Anyway, mixing score over dialogue can be very difficult because, you know, it can like very easily drown it out, especially depending on what instruments are being used. And it's a tricky mix. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the heart to hearts because Nina's heart to heart, like we said before, feels a little out of place because of how serious this movie gets out of nowhere yes and out of left field i watched this left field twice. another baseball term that was not even on purpose but anyways yeah it, it just felt like nina and madison were just talking and she's like yeah i got drunk blah 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 and then it starts to be revealed that nina is trying to hide her beauty to people for mm -hmm. some reason and like there's this whole weird scene of her being like hey guys i actually just wear glasses to make myself seem less pretty that just seemed like not realistic to me, but her whole story was, and then it just gets so dark with the, uh, suddenly Madison is like, did somebody like touch you? Yeah, unprompted. Or, <laughs> yeah. Like, did somebody do something to you? And she's like, yeah. She's like, do you know what? I, and I'm like, what is going on? Again, like I said, I watched the scene twice and I couldn't, I couldn't find the, the prompting of that. Very jarring. I, I think it was kind of unneeded we already had another dark scene with Cass and mm -hmm. her mom with the the pills and everything um 
I don't know. How do you feel about the dark spots in general? I like the dark spots because it's, um, it made the film a tinge more realistic because it humanizes it. Yeah, sure. It feels less carefree at that point because the whole plot is carefree because these girls are trying to escape. Like escapism is a huge part of this film. Yes. And uh, leaving a legacy as well, wanting to be remembered. It's it's driven by both of the characters. Cass wants an escape. Madison wants to be remembered. And that's how Cass is able to convince Madison to go out, essentially. And there's there's a whole, like, parallel between Madison going and confessing her love to this guy and what Cass wants, which is to tell her best friend, I don't want you to move. Yeah. Because you're my best friend. And so, like, her tragic backstory... I think was necessary yes. because we get to understand her character better and Cass's motivations of why she's kind of being a jerk to everybody and why she wants everyone to go on this adventure. It's almost like a selfish thing because she wants to keep her friend. But with Nina's case, it, I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just like, Hey, I, I maybe got sexually assaulted. I don't know. I, it, I didn't think it really furthered her character. I just felt like it was to pardon the phrase. Out of a, a field of play. Jared, I don't mean to stop you short. Typically to the... Short stop, get it? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be a third baseman here, but... Um... Ooh, boy, that's a real... Uh, that, really, that one went right over my head, I gotta say. <laughs> okay, all right. Baseball. <laughs> oh my god, what is going on? <sighs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I don't know, Dan. I don't know what's happening. Is there anything else you would like to say? Um, okay, to so let's talk about the <laughs> the final the final joke of this film, which is all the girls that they're oh the ending is amazing. They're way they're on their way back home. Uh huh. Um, well, throughout the whole film, uh, Madison's sister is tasked with keeping. The fact that she has skipped or left the house un unbeknownst to her father, she's she's been tasked with keeping her father at bay. So that all of those were pretty good. Too. Yeah, like all all scenes. of the scenes with her like lying to her dad were pretty great. I'm like, she's gonna get caught. She's gonna and she never gets caught because the never dad's so caught. fucking stupid. Dad, why are you <laughs> dad's so dumb? A fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, they're on the way back home to Madison's house, and then out of again left field. Ooh. there's some dude that sleeps in Otis's car that just appears out of nowhere. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And then he pays it, rent, though. Okay, He pays rent. But still, like, why? The, why? <laughs> what is happening? It was a funny joke. I loved it. I, I loved it, too. But I'm like, what is happening? And he was a chill dude, you know? What if that was the same hobo? Like, what, what if like he pulls the See, mannequin That <laughs> Now, that would have been a payoff. That would have been extreme payoff no because then they all would have screened and ran like ran away or, from yeah them, they would have right? all would've died it would have turned into a horror yep. movie yeah yeah even otis poor otis so at the end it turns out that the dad's like hey i lost that job we're not actually moving so all the things that madison has done they they go to the boyfriend's house or not the boyfriend they go to that boy's house for her to confess her love turns out he's not even there so she makes a video of herself confessing her love and sends it to him and she does like a burp at the end which i thought was pretty funny too and then she does the graffiti she uh there's a bully in this movie um that she stands up to at the end mm -hmm. and she like oh punches my him god in the face. she like she like destroys her face like honestly my opinion i think cut the whole bully thing out i don't even know why it was there because there was fake blood in the budget. That's why. 
God, no, no, no. I just, it, it, I don't, I just really don't think it fit with everything else in the film. And I think if you cut it out, it would not hurt the story or the flow of the film at all. Well, okay. So let's, let's, she only let's appears take, at the very beginning of the story of these things that we don't think fit in the film. Okay. Everything that I see that we're talking about that doesn't quote fit in the film, it's bits of realism or it's bits of mediated realism that we have come to expect from teenagers because, you know, I work at a high school, so I do see bullying sometimes. And I like, it's still a very real thing, even though my high school is very much, you know, accepting and progressive and awesome. There's still like kids are going to be kids and they're going to, it's, it's nasty. So you, you have that. And even though it doesn't necessarily serve the narrative, I feel like it was, I feel like it was important to Matt, at least, to have that kind of stabilization of realism. Or it's not stable. It's, it kind of makes everything kind of wonky because, you know, the world isn't perfect and the world isn't mm-hmm. cookie cutter. I think if they would have incorporated the bully stuff into the film more instead of just having it be bookended, uh-huh. uh, maybe have have the bully have like other bullies and they're like chasing after them to try to stop them or... Just have her be more involved. Give her more of a motivation as to why she hates Madison and why she's being such a jerk to her all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ways you could do it. I, j- I just, I don't know. It felt like an afterthought. And I was just like, why, why is it here? So I'm not against like the bully plot line, even though it's like a classic thing you do in a film. It, it, it just, I think it was underutilized. You're right. If we're going to include a bully, maybe make it less tropey. So uh, final thoughts, Dan, what do you think? I'd let my kid watch it. I thought this was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Well, we've already put all of our criticisms out there, so I won't yeah. touch them again. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Matt, for letting us check out your film. Again, masterfully shot. Yeah, super well made. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Okay. Uh, you yeah, can find us it. on Twitter Shit, at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Jared, why don't you go ahead and steal home? Yo, baseball is a thing that me and Dan love, and we play it every day in the backyard. I say, Dan, do you want to go throw the ball and the pigskin? And he's like, that's football, you stupid idiot. And he hits me in the face. With my bat. But we're still friends. (laughs) Baseball. So uh, Necropoticon is a place that has no baseball in it. And if you go to necropoticon.com, you can click on the link to the Discord and come say hello to us. But if you talk about baseball, you will be insta-banned. I'm sorry. Those those are the rules. (laughs) Uh, Sorry about that. But on the necropoticon.com website, you can look check out all the other cool podcasts there that we are uh, uh, in our Potter family. <laughs> and uh, you can check out the bios. There's a huge gambit of other really great podcasts. So if you like our podcasts and you hate baseball, you're going <laughs> to love these other podcasts. I mean, we're, we're baseball friendly. Is anyone tired of me saying baseball? Uh, so thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening. I know I'm not. I hope. I hope this was funny and entertaining to you. I hope that you will go and uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you rate people. I hope you will tell other people about the show and tell them that uh, we we want them to listen and we need them to listen. In fact, and if you don't listen, we will actually uh, wither away and die because we're trying to li- we're trying to leave our legacy. We're trying to be remembered through this podcast. Okay, Dan, mm-hmm. this is our Madison Baker was here yes. every week. 
Absolutely. That is what we're doing. This is more like Blair's videos that only have five followers, but okay. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Dan, you have the final word. A play in three acts starring Jared and Dan. Jared, sing it. No, I, I don't want to sing it. No, sing it. Take me out to the pole. <laughs> Louder. Take me out to the ground. <laughs> hey, Cameron. Hey, Cameron, get up. It's time for us to record another episode. What stupid movie do you want to do? Cameron? Get up. Are you okay? Oh my god. Cameron is dead. Check out Bad Red Movies. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.